Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Microphone Foam Tops. Do you run a podcast that maybe centers around football, baseball, basketball, maybe centers around the Bay Area? Funny, so do we. And do you maybe have a bunch of new equipment, like a new mic and uh, some new, uh, you know, brand new sound system so that everything sounds crisp, tip top? Maybe you do, so do we. Then what I suggest is having a microphone foam top. I don't even know what the hell that stupid thing is called. Why, you may ask? Well, I mean, maybe maybe record three podcasts in the middle of July and like maybe maybe the sound quality is horrific on all of them and you have to go on Facebook and ask your friends, what the hell's wrong with my sound equipment? How come I got all this brand new state-of-the-art equipment and, and nothing's working? And maybe someone says, hey, one of the things you should try is getting you know one of the foam tops for the microphone. You're like, oh crap, I, I should have got that foam top for the microphone because I sound horrible on this uh, podcast right now. Maybe that happened to you. I'm not saying it's happened to us, but, you know, it could have. You know, we, we were gone for all of July. Anything could happen. Anyways, get one of those for your podcast. Available at Amazon. Now, before we get started, let me tell you guys where, are they, where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all under the moniker at the Goldcast. The only difference is Twitter is at the Goldcast underscore. Make sure to go on there, share, like, subscribe, join. We love comments. We get a lot of comments on YouTube, which is awesome. Uh, thank you so much to all of our YouTube listeners for constantly staying active and giving us food for thought. But join, follow us. We'll follow you back. Share, like, subscribe at the Goldcast. All right, this is a impromptu surprise podcast because the big news come out last night Kyrie Irving traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Isaiah Thomas Jay Crowder the uh the Brooklyn Nets pick and there was one other guy but it doesn't even matter anyway so we're going to talk about it right now I've got Raymond on the line he was traveling from an undisclosed co what is trying from San Francisco to an undisclosed location? We're gonna get into it. Goldcast, here we go, baby. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisse III, and with me is my brother, my co host. Raymond Salisa first, baby, via satellite. Via satellite. Ba-bam, cha-ching. So let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. <laughs> yes. cue, cue, cue the Vincent Price laugh of the Thriller song, because that's what this is about. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. I love it. There's so much so much happening in the east, so much turmoil, so much change, so much disruption. Now, having said that, this is a good trade. So, Raymond via satellite, via satellite Raymond, the greatest finalist in the game, the greatest finalist in the bay. Why don't you drop for us? Tell us what this trade was for, what happened, give us the lowdown. Okay, so the main marbles, obviously, for those of you who are not living under a rock, is Kyrie Irving goes to the uh, Boston 
Celtics, and Isaiah Thomas goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That, in a nutshell, is the essential gist of the trade. Especially, it's all, and in fact, that's exactly and all it is for Boston's case. For Cleveland, however, they do get Jay Crowder, which is a good player off the bench. They do get uh, Ant Zizek, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, who's an unproven center from Croatia. And they also get the Brooklyn Nets 2018 unprotected first-round pick. So you have two unproven dice roll, you know, potentials there but the real gem is obviously Isaiah Thomas and also you get a good bench player from Jay Crowder that's that's a really good pick because he's got double digits he shoots the same uh, field percentage as Kyrie Irving although obviously he plays a significant less amount of time he can shoot three pointers so that's really good Isaiah Thomas on the other hand um, is very he's the smallest point guard in the association at 5'9 He's also a recent two-time All-Star and had one of his most prolific years, statistically one of the best years uh, in in the history of the league, according to Bill Simmons. But then again, he's a Celtics fan, so who knows how much truth there is to that. But uh, so he's a good player, although he's not. He hasn't been proven to be very durable throughout his career. He was injured in the playoffs, so I think. There's some issues there. He's also 28 years old. He's just a couple years from the 30 mark, even though I know in, in the NBA guys typically last, you know, pretty well into their 30s, but they do start to taper off in the 30s nonetheless, athletically. So, um, but I think I'm kind of with the notion that Boston kind of has the better end of this deal. What do you feel about it? Ooh, you think Boston has the better deal? Okay, well, okay. So let's let's talk about what I think this means for the Warriors because that's going to answer that question. <clears throat> so let's let's fa- let's rewind back to 2017, right? And the the big the big conversation going the big conversation going into the big conversation going into the finals. Obviously, if you're a Golden State fan, you know my epic uh, arguments with Cavalier Chris. You can see those. You can co- go back a couple of different ones. I'll, I'll I'll pop that up here if you're on the YouTube. I'll pop up one of my episodes where I had an argument with Cavalier Chris, this diehard Cavaliers fan that I was having arguments with leading up into the finals. But the big concern going into the big concern going into the finals was Cleveland's ability to defensively match up with the Warriors. Nobody was that, nobody was, had any doubt about their offense. Their offense was ranked uh, number one. Their defense was ranked 27th. Now, the, then, then you've got the Warriors on the flip side are ranked three and three, offense and defense. Third offense, third on defense. What, what, where are they going to be able to match up physically? Everyone was kind of pointing to the earlier games in the year where there were much tighter games. The big loss on Christmas uh, against against the Cavs, the when the Warriors lost to the Cavs, so people were were the biggest question was the defensive matchup between the two teams, right? That's our big question. How do these teams match up? And they didn't. They got blown out the water. We saw it. Now they came close. They came close in Game Three. Kevin Durant's big three. I mean, that changed the game. Maybe he misses it. You know, maybe it, it, we're looking at a different thing, but he didn't. And the point is that defensively, they really didn't have an answer for four of those games. The the one game they did have an answer was it was the refs. That was their answer. That was their answer in game four. Is they got the refs to help them. And awesome, great job. Thank you, Adam Silver. Back to the back to the question though. So the situation here, 
the reason the reason I'm inclined to think that okay, so it just depends how you're looking at it. So Boston, I think on the top, you know, on the top tit for tat, boom, boom, bam, bing, I think Boston does wins. Kyrie is one of, you know, eight to ten players that can actually match up against the Warriors. When you have a situation to get that guy, you take that bet. Now, here's now as far as Cleveland, Cleveland wins because they add some bench depth. Boston loses some bench depth. They have that Brooklyn pick. That's something that maybe could turn into something next year if LeBron really does leave, or it could be a bargaining chip to keep LeBron to stay, especially if the Brooklyn Nets are, you know, in in like the top five because it's unprotected. So I mean, it's just theirs now. But you know, there is some evidence to point out that that may that may not happen. That actually Brooklyn may be better than they have been in the last several years. But who knows? But if they're in that top three, that's a huge bargaining chip for LeBron. But now this is where I'm going to come in. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. Isaiah Thomas is a defensive liability. You pretty much have to hide him on defense. This isn't this isn't hyperbole. This isn't an opinion. In fact, defensively, they did better when he was out in the Eastern Conference last year. In the, in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs during the Eastern Conference playoffs, when he was injured and wasn't playing, defensively, they were able to match up because of his size. And hey, I'm a little dude. I'm all for the little dudes. I mean, you know, my dude, little dude. But he, because of his size... He's not that big, so he's a huge defensive liability. So this is how I see it, and this is what I think it means for the Warriors. And then this is going to come back to what you were saying. The Warriors were able to to mop the floor defense. Were, the the Cleveland the Cleveland mop the floor with the Cleveland Cavaliers when the Cleveland Cavaliers were on defense. It's a lot of C sounds. Cleveland Cavaliers. It's like a it's like an acting uh, voice lesson. The the Warriors were able to mop up the floor when the Cleveland Cavaliers were on defense. Okay. Now, now you add Isaiah Thomas and you take Kyrie Irving out. He already really struggles to match up defensively with a team. So now you're going to tell me that now the Cavs have gone from five on defense to four on defense, and that's going to match up with the Golden State Warriors? That's going to match up with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and whoever they've got rotating at center? I mean... Think about that. Like, you're now pitting four against five. You guys couldn't beat them five on five. And now you're going to do four on five on defense? Offensively, it's a, it's an even trade. They're going to be fine. But I really think that if we're looking at the long game for Cleveland, for Cleveland, if we're looking at the long game and we're looking at going back for a fourth round, I still think they do. I still think they're the best team in the East. They go back for this fourth round. I just think the the whole, that the defensive hole that is created by having Isaiah Thomas out there on the starting lineup, I, I just don't I just don't know, man. I mean, unless like he's gonna start doing like a Steph thing and he's gonna be Mr. Mr. Steal the ball happy or Mr. Rebound happy. He's so little that's a tough that's a tough gig. But I just think that now they go from defensively, the Cavs go from five defensive players, which wasn't a whole lot, that's not saying a lot anyways, to four defensive players. I don't know, man. I, I think I think Boston wins in the, on that scenario alone. I really do because now defensively they match up better with teams. They do lose Jay Crowder. That's what you, what you pointed out. He wasn't that hot last year, but but he was hot the year before. But they lo- they lose Jay Crowder, but they're now able to match up defensively with teams. And if they can get, you know, uh, Brad Stevens is a really good coach. If they can get Kyrie to start 
playing defense again and start doing what he does, he matches up pretty well. Don't forget the 2016 finals. He he played really good defense against Steph Curry. Probably the best he's ever played. So if you get Kyrie to do that, and then Cleveland rolls in. Yes, the best for Kyrie. But it was, it was good, good for no. Kyrie, which is which isn't saying a lot relative to other defenders at his position. But for Kyrie, it's obviously you know it's a step up from what he normally does, which is basically ISO basketball is his game. Yeah, I mean he's like he's like not if there's evil Kobe Bryant, he's like good Kobe Bryant, I guess. <laughs> you know, uh, but so I think that basically what I think the Cleveland Cavaliers have done, and you'll see it in the finals at the end of this year, is that they've completely handicapped themselves defensively. Way, way more than before. What do you think? Where do you? Who do you think wins? And where? Wh- how do you see it playing out? What do you think about what I said in terms of the defensive liability? Let's hear it, Ray. Well, I still think I think Cleveland loses. I think they they win and they lose at the same time because you're basically giving up. You know, it, it's almost an even trade. You gave up one prolific score for another prolific score. And I know Isaiah Thomas averaged more points per game than Kyrie Irving did during the regular season. But at the same time, he's still not the dynamic scorer that Kyrie Irving is. Kyrie Irving's extremely fast. He's very quick off the ball. He's got the best, probably the best dribble. Him and Steph Curry have the best dribbles in all of the association. I don't know if I would put, I'd probably say Kyrie and Steph are probably even in that regard, but Kyrie is much quicker than Steph Curry. Uh, at the same time, though, um, he is the best finisher at the rim at his position. I don't. I've never the shots he made in the finals, despite being a a four to one losing effort. I mean, the stuff that that he makes. I don't know how he makes all of those ridiculous shots at the rim with guys with defenders like Draymond Green, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson in his face. Uh, how he does that off-balance crap that he does is, it's, I mean, he's, he's a freaking wizard uh, at the rim. And, and that is something that Isaiah Thomas is not. Isaiah Thomas does have tremendous athleticism that allows him to finish really well at the rim, but not at the same level as Kyrie Irving. So I think that Kyrie Irving is, dip, is definitely a leg up in that regard. Shooting-wise, uh, Kyrie can shoot threes better than Isaiah Thomas. I mean, that's statistically proven. He's in the 40 range. Isaiah Thomas is in the 37 38% range. Uh, field, field goal percentage, they're about the same at 46, so that's pretty much even. But defensively, like you pointed out, he's 5'9". He gets bumped around way more than Kyrie Irving does because he's just freaking small. I mean, he's, he's closer to Spud Webb's height than he is to Kyrie Irving's height. And Spud Webb could dunk, could dunk like Jordan. <laughs> so uh, Isaiah Thomas does not have that kind of that kind of dynamic in his game. But he is extremely athletic. He, you know, he can pass the ball. Um, he, he, I think he's a better passer than Kyrie Irving. These are both guys that like to hang on to the ball and dribble the ball for extended periods. So whether that's going to continue in Cleveland's case, it probably will because Tyrue thinks that offense is the best defense and that clearly isn't a winning recipe as we saw last year in the finals but i think boston wins because boston gets a prolific score they get a guy that knows golden state and can play golden state well and anytime you have a guy that can do that that's 
a good thing. So you take that bet, just like you said. Um, I think that's that's a win too. And then uh, on Cleveland's side, you get a guy that isn't proven in the playoffs and it hasn't been shown to be very durable either. I understand he had a lot of emotional stuff going on, but that's separate. He had a hip problem. They say the hip's going to be ready this year, but, you know, we'll find out how that will last through 82 games and including the postseason because we know the Cavs are clearly going to make a run in that case. But I think Boston wins out here because they get Kyrie Irving, and here's the big kicker. Isaiah Thomas is 28. Kyrie Irving's 24. He, they, they still have uh, – they get a younger player who can be coached by one of the better defensive coaches in the association. I think Brad Stevens is a much better coach than Ty Lue, even though the, the, the accolades up to this point would, would argue differently. I think when it comes down to a seven-game match, I think Brad Stevens can out-chess Tyron Lue because Tyron Lue has an easier job just coaching a bunch of all-stars that are pretty much coordinated by LeBron himself versus Ty Lue. I know that's it's not 100% foolproof, but but he is a, a field general more so than a lot of coaches are to their to their starting rotations and backup rotations. Ty, Ty Lon Lue has an easier job, just like Eric Spolstra did when LeBron was over there with D. Wade and Chris Bosh. It was very similar in that regard where – where you don't have to do as much because you have such good players that know how to work well together that they kind of that the machine runs on its own. There's a lot of autopilot involved. Whereas Brad Stevens is very much the orchestrator in that offense. So if he can get Kyrie Irving to play defense and distribute and do the same amount of scoring that he does, because his only other complementary piece at this point is Al Horford and Gordon Hayward, who are not on the same level as the starting rotation in Cleveland with LeBron James. So clearly, and then here's the other thing too, Rudy. Let me tell you this: listen to the point guard depth chart for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who's backing up Isaiah Thomas? It's Derrick Rose, and after that, it's Jose Calderon, and then Kay Felder. I know this is a terrible depth chart. I know. I you know what? And it's so funny you said that because I was just list. I completely forgot. I completely forgot during all this Kyrie trade business that Derrick Rose was in the was on that team. Do you oh, think God. the Warriors? Come on, okay, Goldcast Nation, hear us out. Who, you know, who plays, I know who you're plays about, who plays, about, who plays even less defense than Isaiah Thomas. Der, Derrick Rose is a shell of his former self. Do 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 they honestly believe? honestly believe that that he is going to be able to match up with the bench of the Golden State Warriors Derek Rose give me a break there's no way you guys like I said everyone at Goldcast Nation this is all of us unanimously right now <laughs> they're sitting the Warriors are sitting up in their castle and all of Goldcast Nation is surrounded that castle and our tiny mini castles, our little mini castles with success and dynasties and rings and seven appearances in the last seven years. And we all unanimously go, <laughs> and the and the clouds open and the thunder hits and the rain. It's all over Cleveland. I'm telling you, that's exactly yeah, I, where we're I at right now. So I know, I know last year I said that I thought Boston had a good chance of dethroning the Cavaliers, and that clearly wasn't the case as they kind of got manhandled and Isaiah wasn't even 100% and didn't even play in that series. But I think this is the year where they really do have a legitimate chance because now they have 
if there was any mole that they could add to that team to help the Celtics exploit the Cavs and get past them, it is Kyrie Irving, their best offensive player next to LeBron James. Um, they just got their best offensive player who knows that team in and out, which isn't all that complicated. It's just pure offense. It's very similar to – I mean, similar – Similar philosophy to Mike D'Antoni, um, a little, uh, although a little bit, uh, not not quite as the same, but the same in in fundamental principle, meaning that your offense is your best defense. That's what I mean when I make that comparison. Uh, the systems themselves are very different, but um, but that's what I that's what I see right there. I mean, and then who who, do you, who everyone else is the same. Uh, J.R. Smith is your starting shooting guard. Uh, Clay Thompson clearly oh, can top him, and then Iman Shumpert was a non-factor. Um, Kyle Korver and Richard Jefferson remain the the two best rotating players on this squad that complement LeBron James. Although Kyle Korver can't play defense and can't shoot the three as well as he used to, Richard Jefferson is actually still pretty good off the bench. Uh, and then Jay Crowder now back to Kevin Love. Nuts. That that is the. Um, that is that is the the one compliment that I will give Cleveland because Jay Crowder is a good player. He can shoot the three. He can shoot well from the field. He's going to give you double digits off the bench, and he can and he he's also a decent defender. So, so him coming coming out for Kevin Love pretty much allows them from from the uh, from the power forward position allows them not to lose any step when Jay Crowder steps in. So so they they can continue at the same pace with Jay Crowder. So that's a good thing in that regard. Other than that, Tristan Thompson was a non-factor against Golden State. You have Eddie Tavares that backs him up. He he was non-existent in the series. And then you have Ann Fizik, a guy from Croatia that we don't even know if he's going to even translate well into the NBA. So it's an, an unproven commodity there, real wild card there. Jay Crowder is the one real standout to me. Isaiah Thomas kind of gives them a, dip, a step back in terms of defense. And, and Derek Rose is a step even further than that. So, so I, to me, I don't think they, they didn't get, they didn't get better to beat Golden State, but they got better to, you know, they, 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 they helped themselves remain relevant. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. They helped themselves remain relevant. They basically slid sideways, but I think like we've been saying, I think there's now more defensive holes and liabilities there that wasn't there before. And I, I, I really believe that they're opening themselves up. And just wait. Just wait to, like we were saying, just wait when the Warriors are going back on offense and now they have to hide Isaiah Thomas defensively. Just wait when I, Isaiah Thomas sits on the bench and then Derrick Rose comes in and he's going against Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. Give me a break. This isn't even a competition. No, it's not. And to be honest, if you look at if you look at the NBA defensive ratings the golden state warriors have four of their of their starting five rotation in the top six of defensive rating that includes in this order draymond green clay thompson steph curry and kevin durant so all four of your all-stars in your starting five rotation are among the top six in defensive rating in the entire association conversely kyrie irving and isaiah thomas are in the bottom 20 out of 100 players in the association. And, and Kyrie Irving is actually, Kyrie Irving is number 100 in, in, in the chart. 
there's there's literally hundreds of players in the chart. But obviously, we're talking about mostly starting starting players. And Kyrie Irving falls to number one hundred on that list. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so, so anyways, good luck next year. But I do believe Brad Stevens will, is going to get the best out of Kyrie more so than Cleveland ever got, even though they won a championship with Kyrie and Kyrie helped close out the Warriors, you know, the year before. I still think they're going to get the I thought they got the MVP. He's only, he's only 24. He's 24 years younger, wow. and he's, and in my opinion, he's a better player than Isaiah Thomas. Wow. Yeah, I, like I said, I thought he should have got the MVP. I thought he deserved it, and I thought he earned it. I get politically why it went to LeBron. Now, okay, let's ask, let's, Ray, I want to ask you a couple fun questions. Here's some fun, fun question time. Who do you want to see face the Warriors in the finals this year coming up? Do you want to see the Celtics or the Cavs? Who would you prefer? Gosh, I don't know because, you know, either way, no matter which one of those teams shows up, if they were to lose, I'd be really happy because it'd be Kyrie Irving's third loss to the Warriors. And it would be, and if it swings the other way, it would be LeBron James' third loss against the Warriors. So either way, I'm kind of a happy camper. I'm not sure. If I was okay, a betting but... man, I, I would kind of say it'd be nice to see Kyrie beat LeBron in the finals and then show up to, I'm sorry, he beat LeBron in the conference finals, then show up to the finals and lose to the Warriors. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a good one. See, I'm really torn, like you. I am torn. I'm leaning towards the Cavs. Remember when we had uh, Jordan on, Jordan Chappelle, uh, actor-writer here in Los Angeles. Uh, if you haven't had that episode, go back. We, we were talking about when Jordan Chappelle was on the show uh, a little while back. So Jordan Chappelle said something great on that previous Goldcast episode. He said... He wants to see LeBron go because he wants to see LeBron lose his sixth ring. And if he has the same amount of losses and rings that Jordan has, Michael Jordan, he could never be considered the best. Jordan won six, you lost six, and on that alone, you can never be the GOAT. I Because I firmly, and I know you do That's too, we firmly stand in that no Michael. It's so good, That's right? Good That's so too. good. Man. That's actually better. Like than you Kyrie. just want to see that, right? Like we'll we'll see both both scenarios that you, with the scenario you presented and the scenario I presented, they have one thing in common: LeBron losing. That's the thing that they <laughs> yeah. have in common. No matter what, LeBron loses. <laughs> no matter yeah. what, it, it, ends, yeah, like, it ends with it ends with either way, it ends with LeBron's tears. Exactly, exactly. It, it, it ends with either LeBron's championship streak ending, which we all know it's is probably in a year now, this year or next. I don't think he goes next year, but you know, I said that several years ago. I didn't think he was going to go again. Here we are. But either his streak ends or he matches the same amount of losses that Michael Jordan has won in the finals. His final losses, six Jordan's final win, six. Oh, that's so good. And if they lose again, Isaiah Thomas, they, they might lose Isaiah Thomas and LeBron James because it's, it's, this is only a one-year rental. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. The Kyrie trade, you know, you and I were both pretty much resigned to the fact of about two weeks ago that this was not going to be, this wasn't going to happen. This wasn't, uh, that there wasn't going to be any trade. We, You and I were both pretty resigned to that. And then it did. It occurred. So, which had shocked me. And for Isaiah Thomas, again, I just didn't see that coming. What a shock. Pretty nuts. Um, who, 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 who has the better team? Today, right now, on paper, who has the better team? Cleveland, Boston? I'd probably say Cleveland has more depth, but but a lot of them are like old veterans. And Brad Stevens, even though Boston gave up a lot of depth just to get Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, they still got two really good players that are still really young and, and they're still in there in Gordon Hayward's case, he's just entering his prime. Kyrie Irving is in his prime and, and is still really young. So, I mean, you still have Al Horford use at center, you know, you still have, you have Jason Hayward backing up or just, sorry, Jason Tatum backing up Gordon Hayward. That's not bad. Uh, Marcus smart. He's a decent player. I don't know about Terry Rozier. Um, but um, you did lose a, quite a few. I mean, Jay Crowder, I think that was a big loss off the bench. And I think um, Olenek was the other guy. Um, I thought he was pretty good, too. He did he did really good in the playoffs, too. He had like 30 points in uh, one of the games. I forget which one. It's irrelevant. I didn't watch. I don't watch Boston. But um, I think on paper, Cleveland, Cleveland has a deeper team, even though they're old veterans that, you know, and, and Derek Rose's case is, you know, not even you know he's, you're just not going to get a whole lot of you're not going to get a lot of quality minutes out of him. I think Iman Shumpert is more concerned with his hairdo than playing basketball. I think uh, in the center <laughs> position you've pretty much just got Tristan. I, uh, God, you just give up the kid and play. Look, just just pick a style and, and just play ball. God, he's so annoying. And um, <laughs> you 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 have you have really and here's the thing you you have two durability issues. At your at your one and two spot for point guard, Isaiah Thomas is not. He's more durable than Derrick Rose, but he still has durability issues. And Derrick Rose, obviously, you know his his one of his knees is going to just explode one day. Um, if if he keeps playing the way he does, but um, but yeah, you know to 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 resummarize to reiterate again, I think Cleveland on paper is good. But I think Boston can beat them by the time they get to the playoffs because by then they'll have they'll have polished what they want to get out of Kyrie and and they'll they'll have they'll kind of have some really good momentum going into uh, into that series, assuming they're going to play against I agree. each other. <laughs> I agree. I think what this means for the Warriors. Honestly, I think is a, it, it's an open lane. We, we, I, I think Isaiah Thomas really, really is such a huge defensive liability. You're now looking at four on five. I think the lane is wide open. Warriors Nation, Dub Nation, you should be licking your chops. Goldcast Nation, every nation, San Francisco Nation, Bay Area Nation, Bay Area. We should, you guys should definitely be licking your chops. This was awesome. Great trade, though. Really cool. The NBA has really become an all-year-round sport, and it's pretty exciting to see. This was a huge blockbuster trade, kind of happened in the middle of no pre football preseason, 
I mean, just yanked us right out of the middle of our 49er stuff. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, uh, Ray, before uh, any 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 final thoughts, final thoughts on the uh, on the Kyrie Isaiah Thomas trade. Um, I think you nailed it. I think NBA NBA is really doing a really good job of staying relevant, and they're they're starting to you know they've got a little bit a little bit of NFL in them in that regard. Uh, they're obviously not up to par with NFL, who's 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 been on the the year round relevancy for for years now, but um, but the NBA certainly is starting to make strides towards you know, becoming that kind of, I mean, their draft has, has the same kind of, you know, production hype behind it and marketing hype and, and also tries to portray itself in the same manner as, as the NFL draft. It's not, it's obviously not on par with that, but it still is, you know, they're making huge strides to make, I personally don't care about the NBA draft because I think the lottery is a big joke. Um, it's a huge, huge joke. I can't stand I, the I lottery. They, Super. Whack. I think, I think, uh, I think made the major leagues and NBA should operate exactly like the NFL just to keep it interesting. Yeah, but, I think but, yeah, the problem, I, mean, I think the issue. Great, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, no, it's all right. I think, I think we're, we're getting off topic. We should end soon. But I think that the lottery, I think the lottery is, is there to quote unquote deter tanking, which it doesn't at all. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't. I mean, that, Baseball tanks, but baseball does not tank at the same rate as the NBA. The NBA, it's like, it's intentional. It's kind of out there in the open. Not only do the coaches know it, but the players know it and the fans know it. And MLB, you kind of know it. I I mean, it's not, it's not, you can't always do that because baseball is a trickier sport because you play like more than double the amount of games. But um, I think, uh, I know that, the Houston Astros did that before they became relevant on purpose, and that was kind of that was kind of out in the open. But you don't necessarily hear that a whole lot in the MLB when it does happen. But it does, it but it it still doesn't happen at the same rate as the NBA. And anytime the NBA does it, it's like out there, like everybody is, you know, it's out there like social media, and that's just weird to me. It is. So uh, last last thing, and then we got to go. But uh, JT the Brick ninety five seven the game. If you're if you're a devout Goldcast listener, which you should be, and I know you are, I trust you. That's why I like you. That's why we're talking now. You guys know that we have a certain disdain for some of the San Francisco sports journalists and reporters, mainly because. None of them either have the drive or have the chops to make it on the national scene. So when we watch national coverage of sporting events, we love, we love, and I mean that extremely sarcastically when I say the word love, we love seeing how San Francisco Bay Area just gets completely ignored or walked over half the time. Seven championship appearances, seven years, all three major sports, five wins. I'm going to repeat this over and over and over. This is why you love the Goldcast because I remind you of the biased opinion because you are not here to hear about Dallas or Chicago or even Boston or Cleveland. You're here because you love San Francisco Bay Area sports. That's what we talk about by the fans, for the fans, Goldcast Nation, holla. But anyways, JT the Brick is gone, Ray. Talk about that for a quick hot second before we go. Uh, it's a blessing, just like Haberman and Middlecoff are gone, even though they're still doing their podcast elsewhere. Uh, JT the Brick, uh, again, have, 
you just like Joe Fortenbaugh, you have an East Coast guy trying to represent Bay Area sports. No fucking thank you. Um, so I'm glad he's gone. Even though on his social media feed he said, we accomplished everything we set out to accomplish. If that was true, you would still have a job at 95.7 The Game and not Fox Sports, which who listens to Fox Sports podcasts? I don't know anybody that does. I certainly don't. But to each their own, I guess. Either, either way, he didn't do it. Now we have Matt Steinmetz and Daryl DeGuru Johnson. Daryl DeGuru Johnson is actually pretty good. He's from the Bay Area, so thank God for that. Um, Steinmetz is kind of a pessimistic, cynical guy when it comes to his analysts, but whatever. He's more of a basketball guy than anything else, but Guru can kind of cover all the sports pretty well. Greg Papa's still the staple of that entire station. Um, if, if he didn't Greg cover Papa's the, the Raiders, best. he is the best, man. He, he talks about all three sports like a pro does. He's like inside the NFL, He's the inside best. the NBA, and inside MLB all wrapped into one. He's like inside all three sports. He is amazing. And I know he's pro Raiders because he covers the Raiders, but um, but, but he still gives love when, when it is. I mean, he talked about C.J. Beathard this week, and he had some really glaring things to say about him, um, Some really called out a couple of the passes he made and said that they were just, you know, picture perfect. And that was awesome to hear. But uh, but he's he's still the anchor of that entire network. He's awesome. If you guys don't listen, you know, check him out. He's 12, 12 to 3. He's amazing. He's not on the later hours because he still works for NBC, uh, the sports network. So he goes there in the in the primetime hours, and Damon Bruce takes over there. But Damon Bruce is often interrupted by the A's schedule and the Warriors schedule, which is uh, a, an amazing blessing. Thank yeah, God. do yourself a favor. Never listen to Damon Bruce. God, I've never heard a sports a sports. Uh, commentator be more of a hater for the team. See, oh God, I can't even stand him. Let's not, let's just move on. He is, he is not true blue 49er faithful dub nations. Giants doesn't, we don't really have a name for the Giants fan base. Giants fan base. I think not it's, I think 49er it's Lose, faithful Lose dub nations. Oh no, we are Lose we are Gigantes. giants. I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, we but it's giants. not a name. It's a, <laughs> Los Gigantes, we are Gigantes. Muy, nos, no, uh, uh, nuestros grande. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't even bother. But I think uh, Greg Papa, God, if he could be on the national scene, he'd be the best. But he is. But we do have him, and we are thankful, even if he's obviously, you know, he, he, you know, touchdown Raiders. That's his thing. Shout I out think, to Old I Man Davis. Between, between, yeah, but. 95.7 the game and his TV gig and the announcing, I mean, he gets paid so well that I think he's kind of complacent where he's at and doesn't have any aspirations to go above that. Although, even though he would kick ass at the national level because he's, he, he knows sports better better than a lot of those national guys do. Well, and he'd be that guy that always would protect us. Yeah, even though you he's know, from he would Buffalo, us. He talks like he, he talks like a Barrier native does. <laughs> he does. He hella talks like us. Get it? All right. So here we go, Ray. Before we <laughs> Ray, let them know uh, before we leave where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ray Solis. Instagram is at Ray Solis One. It's more or less for my work stuff, but uh, I do chime in with other stuff, and I do check out other people's pages and sports and stuff like that too. Twitter uh, is at Ray Solis. 
Um, I do chime in on all kinds of a wide range of topics on Twitter, including sports, uh, first and foremost, along with uh, games and stuff like that. So uh, if you ever want to drop a line, feel free to do that. And uh, be sure to drop us a line on iTunes and YouTube under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Subscribe. Write those reviews, too, because those reviews bump us up in the charts. Get us more noticeable. You know, if you like what you hear here, if you like the Bay Area fan perspective, then definitely give us some love. Let us know what you think because we're always trying to improve and make bring better content, better guests on for you guys so you guys can, you know, enjoy hearing about your, your favorite teams every week. There you go. Absolutely. Agreed. You can find me at Rudy Solis 3rd, Rudy Solis 3rd. Follow me. Follow me back. I get a lot of love online, Instagram, Twitter. I love giving it back. Make sure to follow our Instagram page for lots of snippets of news and when our podcasts come out at The Goldcast. So concludes another edition of The Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.